we're relaxing. We're, relaxing. we're taking it back to our roots. We're trying to we're trying to get out of the heat. Yes, we are out of the heat. I had to carry my jacket into the studio Patrick today. Patrick asked if I would carry him. I did. I did. He was like, "Baby, do I you? Did. I'm really, I'm really hot outside. I'm really tired. Do you want to, do you want to carry, carry me, from me the train station. into the studio?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" That's it. Yeah, for 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 Christmas next year, I'm getting you a rickshaw to pull me around in. It'll be great. Okay, son. <laughs> did you call me son? <laughs> I'm trying to stop. I'm trying to stop uh, using so much profanity. Oh, oh, you're trying not to call me a bitch. I yes. Oh, I hear you. Okay, <laughs> so son. That, that is, what a strange thing to hear your wife say. <laughs> son. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> it feels it feels disrespectful, but also like very mature. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't like know. I'm an adult and you're a child, son. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I, I get the purpose of it. I like it. You know, why don't you call me champ? No. I feel like champ is that sounds so like I'm your football, demeaning. That sounds like I'm your football coach. My son makes it sound like you're my mother. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't see how it's significantly different in that no, respect. No, I could be like your foster parent. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not mine. You but when you're in me? this house, you're going to abide <laughs> by you're my rules. When you're under my roof, <laughs> 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 you're going to eat my food. I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this is Last Name Basis from Brick Radio. Three, four corners in a triangle. Why we'll keep it 100 tie optional. With a chest from my desk to acting on the screen. You know who it is, man, it's well, Jessica Lee. Show, He's a lawyer, she's an activist. And you're tuning to them live. This is Last Name Basis. You ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're taking it easy today. Yes, why? Because it's hot outside. Yes, it is. And because we're tired. It's like the old days where we would start every episode by talking about the weather like some grown Folks. <laughs> son? I'm going to call you son from now on. He doesn't work that way. Can... I Stop trying to be like me. I started A it. mom? <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to be your mother. <laughs> I told you I'm your foster parent. You could use some, that means I brought what do you call you... it, home training? Okay, don't use my words against me. Uh-huh. You never even knew what home training meant until I opened your eyes, and son. And you don't have a son. <laughs> That's why I said you're my foster child. I'm gonna start, what if I started calling you mother? <laughs> in response, <That> so <laughs> I make it so creepy, you'd back out instantly. Yeah, I do think it's creepy when um, stands call their faves mom. Have you ever seen that? No. Oh, whenever people do it to me, I get so creeped out. They call you mom? Yeah, they, because or they say like dad to like guys, but that's that's kind of like sexual. Uh, yeah, like daddy. When they're like zaddy. Ooh. Zaddy is like the next level of dad of daddy. <laughs> What 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 happens at the next level of daddy? I just think it's like a spicier. It's like Jeff Goldblum. He's a zaddy from Jurassic Park. I know who Jeff Goldblum is. Yeah, he's. I'm a... I'm like a little I'm a little confused. <laughs> what? Especially, and I just adopted a Goldblum voice. Who so I'm like I'm a little confused here. Um, can You're we? So bad at voices. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for stopping like... me because I got, I got myself <laughs> you, into that corner I and I was like, like this is, is not going to go like, well. I, I sound like Jeff Goldblum and then you sounded just like you. <laughs> I know, I know. Remember when I used to do like robot voices? <laughs> and the producer we had at the time was like, can you try doing a voice though? Because I think you're supposed to be doing a voice. <laughs> But you just sound like yourself. This is a perfect time to remind you and Melissa at home that I am available it, for voices enough, lessons. Enough of this. Okay, so what, Back conf- to zaddy. what confuses you about Jeff Goldblum being a zaddy? He is very... No, what confuses me is that is that zaddy is next level of daddy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't like the fact 
that when you level up as a daddy, you become a, zaddy. a sexy daddy. Yeah, I don't know. Well, daddy can be... Oh, God, this is so gross. I mean, you can see a guy and think that he's really hot and say daddy, but if you don't want to be, like, gross because, you know, it is kind of creepy. Because it's disgusting. And incestuous to say daddy as, yeah. like, a sexual thing. Right. I think zaddy is the more, like, um, you know, like, less problematic version. but it less also disturbing. But it also means that you're, like, really hot. Okay. It's like next level. Right. It's not just like a regular hot guy. It's right. like a zaddy. Yeah, but they couldn't, they just would, they were just completely unwilling to part with the association with a parent figure. <laughs> like that's that's what's getting me. They're like, my dad's never been in my life, so you're gonna be in my life <laughs> now. It's like, I don't know. You might you have you have yes, you have zaddy issues. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Out now. We are um, taking it easy. We're moving in slow motion today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the best way to start off this week's episode of the pod is to do a little bit of goings on about Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, what the hell is going on in Brooklyn? So I am in the midst of working on a top secret project that I can't tell you about, but just know <laughs> it is uh, yeah. top secret. Yeah, I love that. It's really you, important. It's so important. It's so secret. And I know you want to know about it, but I can't tell you. And I want to, but I cannot. But what I can tell you <laughs> is that recently Patrick came with me to work. We had an edition of Bring Your Husband to Work Day. That's right. How was it, babe? It was fantastic. I got to see what you do. Mm-hmm. I got to see where you work. Mm-hmm. It was so funny. It was like it was like they were clapping for like a little kid. Everyone was like, "Yay, you did it!" <laughs> it was like Bring Your Kid to Work Day. It really was. We gave Patrick some pens to play with. I know. You're like, "You want to play with this marker?" Here and I was you like, go. "Yeah." You Here's gave some, me a piece of paper. Some I think rubber I, bands. I drew some stuff. Mm-hmm. We even let you put it up on the board. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. Bring your husband to work day. I am going to encourage all the listeners out there, if you have a partner, bring him to work with you one day. Let him sit at a little desk and pretend that they are working. <laughs> <laughs> Let him pretend he has a job for just a minute. Just a few minutes. That's what you got to do. It makes it makes a big difference. Do you want to talk about any of the things that you learned without giving away? Well, I don't away know. It's super top se- secret. We can bleep things out, or we can just like talk around it, which I think is funny. Okay. I wrote a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was funny too. That could be used on an, another thing. Another top secret thing that we can't talk about. Um, which you might eventually perceive somehow the format of which I can't disclose. <laughs> I, I, I mean, feel like you're really struggling. Well, what, I'm not struggling. I'm doing a great job of talking around the thing. You are so good, baby. It's like you're back at work and you're crushing it. <laughs> <laughs> we were joking that like I was, instead of helping to actually write some stuff, mm-hmm. I was given, I would I would draw an actual sketch mm-hmm. instead of instead of writing a sketch. You I would scribble a little sketch. I would draw like a, like a child's doodle I would of, give you a little etch-a-sketch of me maybe like with you mm-hmm. and a house in the background mm-hmm. with like a yellow sun and all like in jumbo crayon yeah mm-hmm. and a dog and we'd be like look baby you made a sketch I'd be like I made a sketch yeah you know and I was like I contributed to the sec- super secret project and we would put it in a super secret circular file aka 
Then go to me. <laughs> That's what's the circle. Oh, this is the file that goes straight to the boss. <laughs> the boss is gonna look at everything in this file. <laughs> that is what they told me too. Whatever. It you was wait great. till I get my spinoff based on my my awesome sketch. Okay, I I will be there. It's gonna happen with too. Bells on. I can't not. You probably would have bells on too. I love bells. <laughs> I wish you did wear bells. That way, I, that way, I would know where you are. You know where I am all the time, baby. You're a stalker. You stalk <laughs> me. I did follow you to work. I wasn't actually invited. <laughs> I was like, and when I showed up, I was, they were like, "Let's take your husband to work day." That's why he's here. It's not creepy. <laughs> What was really funny is at one point, Pat went to the bathroom, and then, like, a delivery guy came, but he was, like, a bizarro version of you. No, I was there. Oh, you were there. Yeah. He was just, like, a white guy with a beard and glasses. Yeah. We were like, he is looked there just like another me, Patrick taller here? and thinner. And he had a bike helmet. <laughs> Which I don't think makes him cooler. No, no, he wasn't cooler at all. No, not at all. It was just funny because, like, he walked in and someone was like, oh, Patrick's being replaced. <laughs> I was like, yeah, get it. I heard that. It get was it. very rude. Yeah, no, they didn't think you would understand. Sometimes <laughs> Most husbands don't have, I should have told you to do earmuffs so that we could talk about you. <laughs> very rude. So that you could talk about me right in front of my face. That's. I would never. You did. No, you're you are. right. You're right. <laughs> you did. You're right. On Take your husband to work day, with it, which is supposed to be inspirational. I thought we were winding <coughs> down so we could move on to the next I am. That segment. was the winding. Oh, that was I was it. just, that was, that, that was, was it. Okay, yeah. that was great. Well, we're taking it easy. We're, oh, so, right, right, so, right. We're taking no it, pressure. Taking you know, it no segues easy. needed. Oh, yeah. We'll just move into the next thing. Keeping it chill. And that is a good segue, taking it easy and keeping it chill and relaxing because... The next corner is the bougie corner. Shout out to Melody in the City for saying that there should be a bougie corner where we can tell on each other uh, the latest bougie tendencies. So you had something to say? Oh, I didn't have anything to say. You were the one that wanted to talk about the foot rubs. Okay, well, this is what I wanted to say. We you went had a got, bone to pick, so. We, we got foot rubs last night, and if you're new to the pod, uh, this is something that we enjoy. It's self-care for us. We've got a little foot rub spot. Yeah, we go and get foot massages. We get foot massages, and it is wonderful. Sometimes. I'd say like 70% of the time. And this is where the bouche comes in, because Patrick suddenly has all of these high standards for what a foot rub entails, and he has decided to start profiling the good people at our oh, foot rub no, spot. Oh, no. You have. You, 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 <laughs> you totally turned this on you, me. You, we left, and Patrick was like, I just think the guys don't do a good job. I think the guys don't know how to treat a foot. They don't. And <laughs> the I, men, the men at that place, do not do a better job. And and I've noticed. And that why do you think that is? I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But my my point. They don't is, know how to treat a foot. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you're saying that you, you like a foot. you got you need to you need you to. Know? You yeah. gotta, what did you, gotta, you say? You you said that you the, woo the, the foot. last gotta, night the guy was trying to like get through your foot. He was trying to like get all the way through my foot. Like <laughs> it, it was so strange. They they feel like it feels like with the the men who work there, they are trying to get the job done. <laughs> like you can finish a foot. Like a foot can be yes, completed. Yes, that's what I mean. They're trying to finish. It. And it was like they were they were hurrying, they were moving at, at breakneck speeds, mm-hmm. they were pushing extra hard. Mm-hmm. Like they always do that. And it's like, look, it's an hour-long event. Take your time with my foot. You literally treat it right, caress it. You know what I mean? You're not gonna get the magic all at once. You need to know how to, you know, wine and dine. You know, like 
You literally can't complete it. You don't take don't any take earlier, too fast. no matter how you go about rubbing a foot. There's 60 minutes in a foot rub. So, but I, but now I'm in a spot where like, I, how do you go in and be like, I, I only want women touching my feet. <laughs> Because I don't want to be, it I don't want to come off as, like a perv. as homophobic like, no or zaddies. thinking like, right. No zaddies, my I don't want any zaddies. I don't want any daddies. I don't want any sons. I don't want any, <laughs> I want... I don't want any uncles. <laughs> I don't want any nephews. No male cousins. <laughs> I don't want any sons. Oh my God. No stepdads. None of them. But how do you do that without, I mean, because I can't imagine that if I go into a <laughs> massage parlor and I say, I want a female masseuse. Yeah, I it said. It won't be read as like, okay, we don't give happy endings. Yeah, and no, but it's just your feet. don't want. But it's just your feet. You no, know I, I mean? know, I know. And you're the customer. Here's what I think you should do. I think the next time you go in there, you should pretend like you're giving a compliment to one of the ladies. You should be like, oh, she she crushed it last time. Like, I want her. She mm. really took care of my She'd be feet. like, yeah, but she'd be like, I'm new here. <laughs> so I don't like, know what I you're talking about. I never worked here a day in my life. <laughs> my passport is freshly stamped. I just got the ink here. is not dry. On today. <laughs> she would be like backing away into a corner all slowly like, please, I do not want to touch that man's feet. <laughs> I don't, I look, I don't know what it is. But they all suck. And <laughs> no, they don't suck. There's no sucking at this foot oh, rub place. Jesus. <laughs> That's oh not on the God. menu. Just use your words carefully. <laughs> okay? We don't want to give the listeners the wrong impression about what kind of establishment. It's bad enough. It's called happy feet. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that sends a message. Does it? My feet are always happy when I leave there. Yeah. But some people might read that as something else. Oh. So if I went in and I was like, hey, I only want female masseuses because your guys all suck, they'll be like, fired. They're done. You're not no, allowed to do no, that no. here. That's illegal. No, no, no. I think that, like, they just might... Th I mean, not that... I wouldn't think anything bad about it, but I think if other people, like the general public, heard you say that... Right, business They might think, no. They might <laughs> you think spike in business. <laughs> but a lot of disappointed customers. I just wanted to say that this was an example of Patrick being bougie. I don't think that's bougie. I think it is. I, I think because I don't get enough foot rubs to make it to to get one that's like eh mediocre. It's not like you going two times a week, mm -hmm. getting your foot your feet rubbed and then your back rubbed. Yo, when I went in there, the lady knew me. She, she knew you. <laughs> she was like, she smiled at you. <laughs> And she doesn't know, and like she, she that that particular woman spoke no English because when I asked her if they were taking cards because the business next door's machine was down, mm -hmm. she gave me a business card. Oh, she was like, that was like, close, like this. Yeah, no, I mean, no. She, well, she knew what card meant, right? Right, and that's cool. I mean, like the point is, is that she knew you, but by, she knew who I was. She has her priorities yes, together. She, She's like, I might not speak English, but I know who my customer is, and she is always right because she comes up in here looking for a foot rub so that she can feel better and indulge in her self care. And that's not bougie. That is called being a responsible adult. And you don't know anything about that. Funny how I didn't that. even say you were bougie, and you're already you getting did. defensive. You did say I, I don't was, think I did. You did. No. You insinuated. Uh -huh. I read between the lines. Right. I could. And, and in between those lines, it says, you're bougie. You were trying to say it, 
No, I think that's what you. Uh, you know what? You're Here's, projecting. You now. know what? No, you know what? It's let's cool, settle friend. this. No, let's settle this once and for all. Okay. I think that we should have a bouge off. Okay. You want to challenge me? I want to challenge. You realize how you. badly this is. I want to challenge right? you. I want to put a minute on the clock, and you have to tell okay. me, right. for one smooth minute. Get out all of the booze that you have against me, and then <laughs> I will get. I have it, and then I will get out the booze I have against you. Okay. And I believe that at the end of those I already two agree minutes, to this. I know you. I'm just. I, I like I'm, that you're. I like that you. <laughs> you're giving a speech. It's a monologue now. <laughs> what? <laughs> welcome to the. Welcome to my TED talk. In this. In this talk, I will talk about why Patrick is booze, and. I believe at the end, the cards will be on the table, the leaves will be red, the smoke signals will be clear, the writing will be on the wall. Okay. <laughs> that was a low-hanging fruit, but you got there. The fruit will be hung. <laughs> and it will be clear that yeah. you uh -huh. are bougie. Okay. okay do so you have you saw, Wait, here's the thing, though. I think... I think if we're gonna do this, you need you need we need one minute and then a thirty second rebuttal. Okay, so you so you're gonna go first and then I get to do a rebuttal. Oh no, yeah yeah yeah. Okay. You go first, then I'll get oh, the rebuttal. Oh, I get to go first. Great. Okay. Then I'll go and then you can you have an opportunity. Wonderful. Put a minute on the clock, Ready? sir. Yes. Your one minute. Oh, oh, here we go. Yes, perfect. Your one minute starts now. Okay, Patrick is bougie <laughs> because he gets his eyebrows waxed. You oh, heard okay. it here first. He went and got his eyebrows waxed for our wedding, and since then he hasn't been able to stop. And this is when good he it's, but it's also bougie. He also indulges in foot rubs, which we have already gone over. He also, I discovered in the medicine cabinet the other day, sample eye cream. And it was very <laughs> expensive, expensive samples. Oh he got numerous, so he's not only bougie, he's cheap. Because he didn't even <laughs> buy the eye cream, he just snapped up the samples. Okay. He also goes to the <laughs> farmer's market, need I say more. And at the farmer's market, one time, not one time, not twice, multiple times, Patrick purchased ostrich. That's right, that long-necked bird that you see out in the desert running around living its glamorous life. Patrick went to the farmer's market and purchased one of those to eat. Now that I didn't is, buy an actual ostrich. You, oh, I'll wait you, for my rebuttal. Exactly. Yeah. Shut your mouth. You should know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> I know you gave a speech about it. He also yeah. purchased a meat grinder to make duck meatballs, and I he did. only used the meat grinder one time. I did. He also purchased a sorbet maker so that he could make strawberry mint sorbet. I did. It that. was good, but <laughs> he only made it one time. He also had a truffle phase. And the fact that he had a phase where he indulged in truffles is a pig a bouge. <laughs> Anything else? He also has a lot of stamps in his passport. And as we all know, anybody that's a traveler is also a bouge. Okay, all right. Go it's time for your rebuttal, sir. Okay. Having your eyebrows done is just good grooming, mm -hmm. especially when you need your eyebrows done so you don't Have look one. like some sort of Neanderthal, mm -hmm. okay? I'm not going to talk about the foot rubs. I'm just not. Sample eye cream. I got that. That shit is made of pilly tree oil. It's bougie, rare. Bougie, bougie. It's super bougie. Mm -hmm. But it was a sample that I happened to collect as I was walking into a Trader Joe's, which mm. is not bougie. Oh, it is. No, it isn't. 
Okay, sure. Go ahead. Okay. Um, the ostrich, I take full responsibility for. <laughs> and it was damn good, and you ate it. So shut up. <laughs> but but I'll say this. I don't, I don't think that anything food-related is bougie, Why? especially because I'm making it myself. See, so I put in a lot of effort to make really good food, partly so that you could eat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't think that's particularly bougie. I do have a refined palate. Oh my God, now tell me that's not bougie. That sounds like a bougie thing to say, but the truth is I have one. I I can't, I'm not going to apologize for it. (laughs) I'm sorry that you don't, but I do, and that's that's who I am. My palate is fine. And the passport stamps, I've done a little bit of traveling. What can I say? And Mm -hmm. I don't think that's bougie. Everybody's traveling. Everybody travels. No, not everybody is traveling. A lot of people travel. Check your bouge. There are lots of people who ain't been anywhere and will never go anywhere, okay? That Mm. is a privilege that you have had. No, it is. It's definitely a privilege. And you had those stamps. It's the privilege of of having enough money to do it. You had those stamps long before you met me, son. So don't come in here and say that everybody travels because it's not true. Okay. But you travel more than I do. That's, I mean, it like domestically. Right. All of these things except cooking, you do more than me. Do you realize that? No. God, no. You're lying. <laughs> so please put a minute on the clock so, so that you do not I'll exceed put the, minute on the, the time because I don't believe, I right. don't trust you. All right. All right. My turn. Go for it. Okay. The people at the Foot Rub Place know you personally. You have your meals literally delivered to you twice a week. I just started that. Okay. (laughs) You use macros instead of counting calories. That is some bougie shit. I don't know who created the macros process, but it is bougie. Calories, people have been counting them since the dawn of time, and suddenly, what, you need a new way to count calories? No. Count calories like a normal person. Macros are for bougie motherfuckers. You take Ubers everywhere. That's not true. Everywhere. Mm -mm. Everywhere. You will have an hour-long foot rub, and then at the end, when they say they're done, you will shout, again, and get another hour-long foot rub. No, that is not true. It has happened. Save it for your rebuttal. You exclaimed just this morning, I need more protein. (laughs) That is ridiculous. And And that's my time. But I will tell you something. I have much, much more. That's like a fourth of my list here. Okay, first of all, I'm You're a, a member of no, no, Soho excuse House. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Your you time have a personal is, trainer. Excuse me, you have a personal is, everything. Your time you have a makeup is, artist. Excuse me. You have a hairstylist. You have somebody that dresses you. Excuse me. Your time is up, sir. You have a diamond permanently fixed in your chest, friend. Okay, first of all, I am a sexy Care Bear, and you, that's the reason I have a dermal uh, in my chest. You have and a, it's not about me. It's also about you. This because is the you most, know what? I, no, first of all, no, first of all, it's time for my rebuttal. You no, know, you it's got time. more than a minute. I'm going to get more no, than a minute. No, that's not true. It's time for my rebuttal. I'm just going to talk over you. So just sit through it. I hope someone's writing this a term of, paper about this. This is one of the most bougie things ever. What? You went to school for acting. Yeah. That and is I, a And I didn't even finish. Move. I didn't finish. I left. I also left. bougie. That is some bougie shit. I left to go study something that I felt like I could get a, you know, a degree in and actually be able to get a job, okay? Mm. That's not bougie. That's fiscally responsible. I'm going to lay the freaking smack down, okay? Son, here's the truth. The truth is, yes, I've taken <laughs> <laughs> The truth is, yes. We can just no. call it quits right there. Thank you for the rebuttal, friend. It's Stop. been fantastic. No. <laughs> Stop it. 
I'm starting. I'm starting from a point of honesty. Uh -huh. Yes, right. I take Ubers, but, but I stopped taking Ubers as much. I when don't you take, started taking rickshaws. I don't take Ubers. I don't you take. You were calling piggyback rides. <laughs> Listen, a piggyback ride is I get free. To carry me. A piggyback. <laughs> and sir, didn't you ask me to carry you today? I did. That was okay. Fun. So don't even start with that. Okay. Yeah. Second of all, yes, I have a dermal piercing in my chest, but it's not just about me. It's also about you. It is very sexy when I am naked and there's a shining diamond. <laughs> I am. That's I mean, the sexy Care Bear thing you I'm mentioned just earlier. Saying, yeah, it's not just okay. about me. Oh. So don't you throw do that for me. Yeah, really? don't throw that in my face. Do you huh. know what I'm saying? That's yeah. just like that's crossing Somehow a line. Somehow I think you're just making this up. That's crossing it had nothing to do with me. A line, okay? Yeah. Also, yes, I do have a makeup artist, okay? That's because right. I am a professional person mm -hmm. that needs to be in the spotlight and uh. needs to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> right, you could have stopped it. Yes, I think. <laughs> okay? I That's do. because I need to be seen. I professionally, I am a professionally seen person. It is, it is true. I but. also, I also would like to state for the record that while I do have a makeup artist, I also had her teeth teach me how to do my own makeup so that I don't always have to hire her. So I do my makeup by myself a number of times. Not all the time, mm. but there are times that I do my own makeup and I do my own hair and I put my own clothes on. I don't always. <laughs> <laughs> They're clothes someone else has chosen for you, but you put no, your body sometimes, into them sometimes all I by yourself. Sometimes I choose my own clothes. <laughs> I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Mr. One Blazer, you got clocked on Instagram and somebody asked me, does Patrick have any other blazers? All he I'm doesn't. saying is, is that yes, sometimes I indulge in the bouge and the whole point of this bouge off was to prove that you also have your little little areas in your life right. where you like a little spice a little a little extra amenities right. a little bit of the finer things a little of the um hundred thread count sheets well our, our sheets are like 50 thread count. i'm just using this as an you know the, the last I'm set a we writer. had just literally a, fell apart I'm <laughs> right exactly exactly all i'm saying is is that there are some areas that you want to indulge and you want to take care of yourself and i think that that is okay you like to pretend that you're above it and you're not it. with your truffle oils and your meat grinders but it's, and your it's, brow waxing it's... and your duck meatballs and your sorbet maker and your eye cream. You're just listing all the things you've already listed. That's right. So do you have anything that actually makes me sound bougie? You had wireless, <laughs> you had wireless headphones before I did. <laughs> wireless headphones. You had a smug you face. You did. <laughs> wireless headphones changed my life, though, seriously. I recommend them to anybody. And they're safer. That's why I actually got them. There's no chance of getting your headphone cord caught in, like, a wood chipper and being dragged into it. What are you doing around a wood chipper, babe? <laughs> Working like a real person. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> recently found this interesting article, and I don't know what corner that this goes into. Science corner! We talked about this briefly 
before we came in to record today, but there was a study by researchers done from uh, Stanford and Yale NUS College in Singapore. And the study was designed to differentiate between this notion of how we approach finding the things that are the best fit for us, uh, our life goals, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it studied people who took a, a, they used the phrase, find your passion approach to life versus people who had a more growth-oriented approach to life. Where when you say growth-oriented, <coughs> does that mean like you tried something and then it didn't work and then you tried something else and then that worked and then that led you to another thing and then like you kind of just rolled with things as they came into your life? Very much. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And so the difference between these two approaches to life uh, is that this notion of finding your passion suggests that your passion is somehow innate to yourself, mm -hmm. that it exists, that like it's out there. Like you got to go look for it. And that you could find it. Yeah, exactly. And that you once you discover it, things will be instantly better for you. Mm -hmm. Your path will be sort of cleared and, and you'll have at least an easier time with things or maybe you'll automatically be happier in your in your new life with mm -hmm. your new with your found passion. Mm -hmm. As approach as a excuse me, as opposed to the the growth mentality which is taking your circumstances as they are and exploring them to find what works for you and filling those roles. Yeah, you I see what I'm saying? I agree. I mean, I think when I say find your passion, or I don't really say that, I usually sound like say find your niche mm -hmm. when I'm talking to people about, you know, I get a lot of students and people online who ask me for career advice, and I don't necessarily think of it in the sense of like the first version where it's out there and it's one specific thing. I often tell people the thing that is your passion or is your niche or what you're supposed to be doing might not exist yet. So it is kind of in that growth mentality of like you have to try different things and then maybe that thing will open another door and lead you to something else. And then maybe five years from now, you know, there's a new industry that really aligns with the things that you're interested in or you are the person that opens a door and creates an industry and, and creates some new thing, you know? Right, the two aren't mutually exclusive and and find your passion is such a vague concept that it's, it's in, it's open to interpretation, right? right? Like finding your passion could mean, you know, figuring out how to work best in the office environment that you already work in, right? right? I mean, like, that could be part of it. Or or trying new hobbies until you find something that sticks long enough. Yeah. Or figuring out that your passion is trying new hobbies every week. Infin you know, well, and the idea of a passion doesn't even have to be so specifically career-oriented, right? Like, a passion could be, you know, raising your kids, right? right? Or, right. like, helping the environment or working on your apartment, right? Right, but I think the point of this is to highlight the fact that we've sort of evolved into this idea that we can possibly find something out there that will make us happy, mm -hmm. and that it exists without us actually creating it, but that it's it's already out there. And and I, I understand where they're coming from. It's a, it's a fine distinction in that regard, but I understand where they're coming from because, you know, how, how often do you think, and, and this goes hand in hand with things like depression and anxiety. Right. A lot of us often feel like, you know, if we had something. We put external, we put our, how we feel in the hands of like an external force that we have no control over. Right. That we would be better off. Right. Or that we would be happier or that things would, things would be easier for us 
in a broader sense, but we don't have the thing. And I think if you look around, like in terms of um, in terms of like the, the things that we buy and sell, in terms of the, the life goals, the life images that we attempt to project, and life images that we see projected and then attempt to fill, mm-hmm. I do, it, it's not hard to understand where a lot of people, or ha- that a lot of people have latched on to um, this more, this approach to life that's like there's something out there and I can get it well, and it will help me. It's really interesting. And, and that applies to like your purpose or your passion yeah. in this sense. It's interesting because I definitely feel like social media plays a big part in that because oh, totally. it's all <coughs> so fake, you know, and, and I'm I'm totally guilty of it too. I edit my pictures. I take a dozen selfies before I figure out the one that I want to post or I I try out different things before I figure out like what combination I want to post pictures in like I think about all of that stuff right but I also think that people cultivate these images and like give out this self-help advice type of stuff where I did this so it'll work for you right. that kind of pushes this idea of just like live your dreams and go out there and you'll find the thing and it, and your whole life will change and it doesn't really work that way. Like some people no. search forever and they never find it or they do find it and it doesn't make them feel better. Right. You know, it's like this idea and I again, I'm totally guilty of that and it's something that I have been trying to work on and that's why I really liked this article and thought it was interesting because the idea of trying to be open to the possibilities as things happen and as things come into our lives, whether that be opportunities or whether that be relationships, platonic or or romantic relationships. I think oftentimes we put these. That's actually a really good example. In the romantic relationship context, too, you see that happen a lot. Like, oh, here's yeah. what Here's what I need from a partner to be happy as opposed to I saying, think here's that the person silly. that I'm happiest with or that I'm really, uh, you know, feeling comfortable with at this moment or yeah, that I... I'm attracted to for reasons that I can't explain because I've never been attracted to a person Ooh. like this. Wow. So. I have a friend that's been going through that where mm. they really want to be in a relationship, but they have all of these specific qualifications of like what their relationship is supposed to be so of course they're not finding that person and then when they do find someone that they like they come up with all these reasons why that's not the person because they don't fit into the other things and it's like well you should just be open to the possibility because clearly you feel something for this thing. And, and again, it, yes, this re- applies to relationships, but sometimes this can be the career thing. You don't, you think your passion is music, right? But like maybe that's not what you're, not what you're really good at or not the thing that actually fulfills you, but you've told yourself that it does. And now here's some other really cool opportunity that's kind of like giving you a little tingly feeling. And instead of following it, you're like, no, 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 I have to do music. But you never know, that could lead you to some other really cool thing that is more suited for you. Exactly. And I I mean, I don't know, that's what's helped me. And I've seen so many other people do that. So I'm glad that this is a conversation more people are having. And you're kind of you're doing that, too. Yeah. The reality is all of us do that. The question is whether or not we hold ourselves to a standard or expect some sort of um, revelation at some point. And, and I think the point of this isn't really how the real world works. It's not really about, like, the reality of things as much as it is, at least for me when I interpret what this is saying. Uh, it's about how we perceive it. 
So naturally, we're going to encounter opportunities. We're going to take some. We're going to we're going to you know dismiss others, and that will sort of define our path in any respect of our in our lives, right? Um, but if we if we view the world as a place where we can go and find a thing that will make us happy or buy a thing that will make us happy. Or find a person. Or find a person that will make us happy. And to your point about the relationships, I mean, maybe somebody in that position, and I, I'm not talking about the person specifically, but maybe somebody in that position needs to, maybe what they're missing is that they don't actually want a single person. Mm -hmm. And they're fine with dating different people at different times instead of holding themselves to a standard of, if I find a person, a single life partner, that will make me happy right. in the long run because that it's proven that that's not a thing, <laughs> like just generally. But, um, but the point of this is to say that we should perceive our own efforts as growth potential and use our circumstances to find how best we fit those circumstances so that we can make the most of those and launch ourselves into the next phase of relating to those circumstances and working within, the, within those circumstances. So if you're at an office, and put it back in the career setting, right? If you're at an office and you're doing the work, but you find that you're good at motivating employees and you enjoy that, then maybe you should be the manager there. Right. Mm. And it's not about saying like, hey, I'm I'm going to be an office manager because nobody ever goes, you know what I want to be when I grow up? I'm an office manager. Like, right. that's not a thing. But you could find that in that management role, you are really good at like helping break down the tasks that people have or delegating or actually making a work environment where people want to stay a little bit later and, and put the time in to make the project really successful because exactly. you know how to encourage people and you know how to um, create an environment that fosters creativity and team building. That's like you said, not something that people wake up saying like, my passion is to be right. a manager, <laughs> but right. you might realize that there are skills there that, that are you are suited for that make you feel good and and you're you know can feel take pride in your work. Yeah, and and at the end of the day, these researchers are suggesting that our passions actually grow out of those efforts. So it's it's that expansive that expansion into our surroundings that actually generate the passions as opposed to us having some inherent passion for a thing and then when we when we latch onto it things are better off. And I really love that because it's it just feels more organic, doesn't it? Yeah, no it does. I mean, it's interesting. I, I don't know, these studies are always so funny to me because I often feel or I often wonder who asked for these studies. Nobody. But if it but yeah. if it does help cuz I mean, to me I thought like when I heard it, when you told me about it, I thought, "Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense." Right. But I also had to step back and remember that there are lots of people that do not have that uh, that way of thinking about the work that they're doing or the things that they want to pursue in all different sorts of areas. So I don't know. I hope that this study uh, or us even just talking about it gives somebody a different perspective on whatever it is that they're working towards to maybe just kind of, you know, not put as much pressure on themselves, but also be willing to be flexible. I, that's what I love about and it. And discover it's, the things and, and see what kind of comes into their worldview. Yeah, it's actually less pressure, in my opinion. I mean, when you when you look at it that when you look at things that way, and I think that's the benefit here is that is if you stop if you stop thinking I have to go and discover a thing, and I can't be happy until I do, uh, and you just take advantage of what's around you. I mean, that just feels a lot easier actually. To segue into something a little more fun, mm -hmm. here's a picture. No, of no, a no, snake. no, no, wait, 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 wait. You can't just go into a corner and not say what the corner is. Animal corner. 
Here's a picture of a snake that looks exactly like a dick. That is so gross. It looks exactly like it's a dick snake. I don't know the name of it. I'm pretty sure the name is Dick Snake. Okay, here's what I want to know. Why would you bring this onto the podcast? Mm -hmm. It's a photo. It is. The podcast is an audio podcast. Yeah. And you don't even know anything about I How do you know this is actually a snake? Because I read about it. It's the and, dick, what's, and you read because about it's called it. a dick snake. No, no, Fran. no. First of all, go back. You just said you didn't even know it was what it was called. You think it was called a dick snake, and now you are saying that you did right. read about it all and right. that it was called a dick snake. All right. What is the truth, son? Okay, okay. Here's the here's the truth, mom. That's weird. I can't don't, do that. Don't I tried do that. it. I tried. Yeah, I thought it, it might work. be funny, yeah. but Mm-mm. no, it's gross. No. It's slimy. Um, like the dick snake. <laughs> See? You know about dick snakes. I don't. I know. Don't not- pretend like you're I know, ignorant. I know. Oh, come on. I know not a thing about the dick snake until you brought it onto this podcast, and now you don't even know if it's called a dick snake. I don't know what it's called, and you're right. I didn't read anything about it. I looked at so a bunch lied. of pictures. So you lied. <laughs> I did. I lied. I didn't actually read anything. I read a few like headlines and blurbs associated with the pictures, all of which said snake, and some of which may have said dick snake, or that could have been me just interpreting it so, and seeing what looked so like a dick if- and also reading the word snake putting the two together and coming up with Dick's name. So, just to be clear. Yes. Once you saw the headline, am I uh is it correct to say that you then went onto Google Images and searched for Dick's name? <laughs> yes. Actually, no. That's not tr- mm, I forget you what I You are uh, you are a, a not truthful person. Let me, let me f- and this will come back to bite you when it's time to run for re-election or to run for Podcast okay, president. let me just show you what happens. I don't want to see when you Google Dick Snake. I don't want to see, see that? any of those things. Th- that's awful. And you know what? And the it's fact ha- that you were able to pull it up so readily, just all I did was Google Dick Snake, proving that Dick Snake is the Latin name for this animal. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a great and informative animal corner in you which are we welcome. learned nothing. And now it's time for You Must Be Dreaming. This is where we interpret your dreams, and that is because Patrick and I are amateur dream experts. If you have a dream, we would love to hear it. Please email it to us at lnbpodcast at gmail.com. Go to sleep. This week's dream comes from... I think it's Alasia. Alasia. Hopefully we did not get your name wrong. I'm sorry in advance. It says, first off, I love you guys. Second, thanks for choosing my dream. Here it goes. So the start of a dream begins at a house party. Nothing too fancy, just red solo cups, music, a couple of spades and domino games going. Walking through the house, I see a bunch of guys. Two distinctively stick out. The others were mere shadows. That curved me, I'd say eight years. What what does it mean, curved me? You don't know. What uh, it means to curb someone? Well, I have two guesses. Wait, based wait, on wait, wait. Context, so we yeah. need to interrupt this dream for a little mini edition of Slanguage B. The word is curve. I will use it in the context of this dream. Uh, Alasia says that these are two guys that had curved her. Right. They either rejected her. Or, or they, she dated them. 
and it's, possibly slept with them. No, no, no. It's the first one. It's reject. Okay, so two guys that rejected Alasia. I'm I'm sorry, Alasia. <laughs> very sorry. Well, thankfully, you got curved thankfully, twice. it only happened in the dream. Anyways, so the dream goes on to say, I kept walking through the house, and someone yells, it's time for gifts. I didn't bring anything and still don't know why I'm here. I follow everyone else outside, and no one else looks familiar to me. The girl that was excited that I showed had a bride-to-be sash on, so I guess it was her bridal shower. The next thing I know, it was the rehearsal, and she gives me the dress that I didn't get fitted for and I don't have shoes for. I don't like being unprepared. During the rehearsal, I notice we have to do slow step touch, which irks me. Hold on a second. What is slow step touch? It's like a dance. It's like a step, like a slow slow dance with like a step touch. Oh, okay. Like a. Is that a bad thing? Or is that, is that like, I don't know. I think maybe it's just a way that she doesn't feel comfortable with. I don't know. She didn't have shoes. I mean,. I, maybe she didn't want to get <laughs> She didn't say she on. was barefoot. Well, she said she didn't have shoes. She didn't have shoes for the dress. Well, maybe she was not wearing shoes that were appropriate for step touch dancing. So she went barefoot. Maybe. <laughs> when okay. we were paired off, one guy acted jealous that I was with the other. Suddenly, the rehearsal turned into a surprise wedding, and I was wearing a terrible halter dress. Anyhow, while in the restroom changing, there was a random lady taking out her brooch, which turned out to be a mic walkie of some sort. She was saying how no one knows who she is, and the plan is still on. I don't know what the plan is, but I wrestled her to the ground, broke her mic walkie thing, and escorted her to security, and he said he couldn't do anything, so I went and found a cop and forced him to take her into custody, and after all of that, the ceremony was over, and no one knew what had happened, and the guys were still attempting to get my attention, and I was becoming overwhelmed and woke up. Thanks again, guys. Wow. that's There's um, a lot going on here. There's a lot, yeah. I think think it's interesting that the event – continues to become more intense. Like, it mm. it starts out as a, a house party with red solo cups, mm-hmm. then it turns into a bridal shower, then it turns into a Rehearsal. wedding. No, then it turns or, into a rehearsal then dinner. Then it turns into a rehearsal dinner, and then, then finally a wedding. a wedding. And then she tackles, like, a secret agent. All the while, yeah, there's a spy there and men that are... Somewhat, um, you know, I, I don't know. They're not jealous. positive. There's two guys that, like, didn't want to go out with you, and then there's guys that are jealous of you. And so, to me, this says a lot about the people that are in your circle, that there are people who are, who've been with you through many different phases of your life. That's why the party starts, and then it becomes... Oh, uh, yeah, 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 I can see that. And then it becomes a yeah, rehearsal absolutely. dinner, and then it becomes a wedding. Um, so there are lots of people who've been with you, but they don't really ride for you. They didn't bring you a dress that you could wear. No one brought you shoes. Then they put you in a halter, which I gotta be honest with you, girl, I love a good halter. It's very, (laughs) I think they look great on everyone, but clearly it was not one that that suited you. So I'm going to reserve judgment here. But the fact that there were these people who've been with you all of these different phases, but they did not think to bring you shoes that you would wear or that were comfortable and appropriate to dance in. They didn't let you try on the dress beforehand. Mm -hmm. And then they gave you something that wasn't flattering for you. And then when you caught that lady with the walkie-talkie, she has the nerve to be talking shit. So (laughs) that means that even though these people have been with you through all these different stages, you have to look out for yourself. 
you can't always trust people just because they've always been there. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is all, I, I think that Alasia has just recently been watching like episodes of Homeland mm. because I think the... I think that the trajectory of the events shows the building tension and the urgency of the situation, right? They're clearly spies. All of the guys are are not positive characters. Mm-hmm. They're either they're either jealous, they're out to get her, they've rejected her, right? She's put into a halter top unwillingly, which I feel like is some sort of metaphor for, you know, being captured by the opposing, you know, by the opposition and then and then maybe even being tortured. But so you think that this? Oh, dream... I think this is all based on Homeland. Yeah, the actual show. Oh, I think this is just. I think this is just reframed um, for Alasia because this is stuff that is is I think a little more um, um, well known to her. But mm-hmm. I think she's just been watching spy movies. I think that's what this is all about. Mm. You know. Okay. Well, Alasia, unfortunately. Even though we are amateur dream experts, we don't always agree, even though we are supposed to, because that's how this segment goes. Uh, right now, we have two different opinions on this dream. I think. <laughs> but how does that help her? Well, it helps her because she, what I think this is really telling her is that she needs to go in to national security, mm. that she would make a good spy that she could navigate difficult situations and changing situations um, in a way that she could be, you know, she could be Claire Danes. Well, I think that this means that you should watch your back and that there are some people, there are some people who you've known for a long time and they've been with you through lots of different things, but they have not always had your back. And if there are people in your life that you feel there are one too many examples of them not writing for you, what you need to do, don't tackle them to the ground like you did that secret agent, but you definitely need to metaphorically take them out. If you have a dream, we want to hear it. Please email it to us at lnbpodcast at gmail.com, and we might read and interpret your dream right here on the pod. Mm, that reminds me. When we showed up to the studio here, we couldn't see anybody, and it looked like there was a scuffle in the recording studio in the, in the um, um, what was that? In, like, the, the booth? The control room The there. control room. Uh and so we were, yeah, we were borderline convinced that I some wasn't crime convinced. had occurred. I wasn't convinced. I've decided to not jump to conclusions, um, especially after we had a similar situation at our apartment. Um, my makeup artist and hairstylist accidentally came to my apartment a day early when they were supposed to come uh, and get me ready for an event. Yeah, at 7 a.m. Uh, 6 a.m. Oh, 6 a.m., whatever. It was early, and I was not awake. They were at my apartment at 6 a.m., and... And then they tried the door. And the door was unlocked, and then they were worried that something happened to us, and they called the police. They thought that we had been murdered, and it was very intense. I'm so fortunate that I have friends that care about me so deeply, but they were shooketh, and nothing happened. <laughs> they, came, they came into the apartment because of the door. We, le- we had left the door unlocked, and so one of, one 
couple came in to sort of see if there was a body in there. Apparently, Delina was too scared. Were, she didn't want to come in. And they were, yeah, and Annette was outside of our bedroom door knocking. And I was, I, when she woke me up, I was like, okay, somebody's at the door. And I'm like, but wait a minute, I'm inside my apartment. You this said that she sounded like a little child. She Because she, she sounded like she was somebody in somebody else's house that didn't know what she was going to find. It didn't know if she was just sort of intruding, right? <laughs> and now you're entering somebody's bedroom. So right, 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 right. If they're sleep, you don't know. Yeah. You know, so it, she had, her voice was like, you know, being considerate, I mm-hmm, think, mm-hmm. and maybe even a little nervous about what what she was doing. So, um, she, so it sounded like this very small voice out there. And I was like, this is creepy. I was like, if I have to wake up and there's a child a strange child in my apartment building, that's I'm like, going to lose my shit. That's, no, that's like the foundation of every horror movie that you watch. What are you talking about? You would love that. It would be awesome, <laughs> but it would be terrifying. You know what was so funny is that, so my day started super early because of that, which was fine, but then the funniest part was that anytime that Patrick was starting to annoy me, uh, my response was, excuse me, my friends almost thought that I was murdered, so I had a really hard day. <laughs> Patrick was like, nothing happened. No, it was true. You were like, it, it was a long day. I was like, why? My and friends thought I was like, murdered. Somebody thought I was murdered. I was like, but did you think someone was murdered? No, no. Someone were else, you murdered? Someone else thought it about me, and that stressed me out. And I was very worried. They were worried. I was worried. It there was, were a lot of emotions. It was really nice of Delina and Annette to be that concerned. I know. Uh because it definitely, they could have just walked off and been like, oh, well, they're probably dead in there. No, they would never. <laughs> no, of course. Of course. All right, you ready for some Florida Man? Florida, Florida Man. So if you're new to the podcast, Fran and I are both POFs, people of Florida, meaning we were born and raised in Florida, South Florida specifically. And Florida Man is a game that we play where I read several headlines ripped right from the newspapers, and uh, all of them true except for one. Fran, you will have to try to figure out which one is the fake headline. Baby, you did such a good job introducing the segment. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. (laughs) How many are there? Is that a turn on? Like, you're like, you did such a good job. oh, zaddy. (laughs) Zaddy. (laughs) How many? (laughs) Don't call me that. I almost prefer son. Than zaddy. Okay. Well, well, son is like is demeaning. Yeah, exactly. But zaddy is disgusting. Mm-hmm. So what about if I called you Sonny? No, like I'm a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> how, and you peer over your spectacles. How many sure. headlines? You have five headlines. Okay, let's go. Headline number one: Florida woman arrested after driving on I-95 with ex-boyfriend on hood. Mm-hmm. Number two. Florida man and townspeople self-amputate for insurance money. Mm. Number three, Florida man jailed for failing to pay for cab ride home from jail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number four, Florida man threatens driver with gun to get her to stop texting while driving. Okay. And finally, Florida man mistakes dick snake for an actual penis, tries to take it home. Okay, that's a <laughs> fake one. No, Number- that was real. Are you kidding me? That one's real. That's how I know it's actually called a dick snake. Because it was in a Florida man. Wait, 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 let me guess. The fake one. No, no, no. Let me guess the fake one. The the fake one was the arrested for not paying the cab home from jail. Wrong. It was actually the dick snake. I knew it. Of course it was. Because nobody calls them dick snakes except me. I know. And like everybody says it, but only in like whispers and... 
Dark hallways. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody, this is not the scientific name. Okay, well, that was terrible. You did a bad job. I did a great job. You did a great job, baby. I, your introduction was bellissimo. Thanks. Delicioso. Mm, I loved it. I just wanted to nibble it up. And now it's time for listener letters. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at lmbpodcast at gmail.com. This week's letter comes from Fiona. The subject is terminology heads up. The email says, I really don't like to be negative the first time I write into a podcast, but you said something in your last episode, episode 93, and I just wanted to bring your attention to. First, let me say that I think it's hilarious that I'm emailing you about something you said in response to a listener letter, which was in response to a listener letter. It's like Inception. (laughs) Anyway, you, I think Fran, were reading Rebecca's flirtatious email and then referred to her as freaky and a swinger. I just wanted to let you know that it is pretty offensive to suggest that a bisexual person, as Rebecca seemed to be implying she was, is freaky. People who are attracted to more than one gender are no more unusual, kinky, sexual than straight and gay people. Maybe you meant that it was freaky of her to imply attraction to two people at once, but that is also kind of problematic since polyamory is totally legit and not somehow a deviant relationship model. Although I didn't feel as weird about this as I did about your use of freaky, those of us under the bi umbrella tend to not be fans of the word swinger either, especially when used by non-bi folks. It's one of those words that has been used by ignorant people with unsavory intentions a little too often for it to feel totally great. Again, I feel bad about sending you a critical email, but I hope it was constructive criticism. I know you are LGBTQ allies, so I bet that you were not intentionally using somewhat offensive language to describe Rebecca. I just wanted to give you a heads up so that hopefully you're a little more aware of stuff like that in the future. All that said, I heartily enjoy LMB and have been for nearly two and a half years. Keep up the wild anecdotes and weird articles. Even as an aspiring astrophysicist, I appreciate your ridiculous commentary on highly questionable science-related headlines <laughs> in the various they call quarters. me out on my science quarters. <laughs> my broke-down science and quarters. Fran, your book is on my to-be-read list. Okay. So, uh, first of all, Fiona, thank you so much for sending us this email. I will say that I am one of the people who knows how difficult it is to send constructive criticism to somebody that you enjoy, because sometimes you run the risk of people getting a little heated, as we've seen with some celebrities on Twitter recently. Um, So there's a lot of interesting things in here. Um, Honestly, I had never heard the idea that swinger was a negative thing. I think I only used it because uh, Rebecca was complimenting Patrick and I, which sounded like a proposition to a couple. And I've heard people describe themselves as swingers, like people in um, committed relationships do you know what I mean? Actual I've, swingers, I've, I've right? Heard... So the word swinger means people who are in committed relationships that also sleep with people outside of Right, that but that's something that, you know, to be fair, is something that's usually self-identified. Right. And I think that maybe that's where the implication here gets a little muddy in that there are people who describe themselves as polyamorous, and mm-hmm. the word swinger sounds maybe a little uh, not as serious, because I think when I think of polyamory, 
it's usually people who are in like relationships with multiple people. It's not just like a right. sexual thing. Right. Um, so that makes sense to me. But again, it's not something that I'd ever really thought about before. Um, I think that was probably, it seems to be what Rebecca was pointing out, is that it does get applied sort of liberally at the, as this sort of blanket way of saying, oh, you are especially sexual. And, it, and, because and, of your... and maybe it's like dismissive in that way. Right. And I think that that's kind of what she was talking about here, that polyamorous relationships are legit and they are like, they function, they work for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's not like a something that is weird or quote unquote freaky to use the term that I was using. <laughs> to, quote was, to quote myself. <laughs> um, I think, again, I, I think that this is an interesting conversation because yeah, I have not been in, in a, excuse me, I have not had the experience of people making unfair judgments about uh, the aspects of my sexual relationships with people or with my husband, well, kind of, but not in the sense of because we're straight. You not know in what this I mean? way, right. Right, not in this way. So these are not words that I would think of having negative implications, and I do think that it's really important to be sensitive to different people's experiences. So thank you for bringing this to our attention. Again, it's really not something that I ever um, would have thought about because it's just not a conversation that I've had before or have encountered. So yeah, no hard feelings at all. Um, I'm glad that you felt that this was a safe space that you could bring those concerns up because I know there are some times where people have feelings about something and they say, well, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to get called out of my name by somebody that I'm a fan of. And right. I hope that you and anyone else listening knows that that is not the case here. We love it when you send us a letter, even when it has a little constructive criticism in there. What about you, Pat? I didn't use the offending language. Oh, God. Um, I never would. I am way more woke than you. <laughs> that is so not true. You know, because when you refer to yourself as woke, you know it's like a red flag that you're I not, also know you're, you. not, <laughs> you're not particularly woke. I also um, know you edit the podcast, so if there's anything that's offending, you just snip it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should see what I removed from this podcast. <laughs> oh, the, my God. There's all sorts terrible. of stuff on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but you know what? I'm proud of you for being, you know, maintaining an open-minded vantage point and being willing to take this constructive criticism. Yeah, I mean, words mean things, and what they mean change in different contexts, you know? And so the word freaky on its own is not necessarily a negative thing, but when it's applied to people who are not commonly understood or respected um, or are, are labeled as such in a way to demonize them or mistreat them, yeah, it's absolutely offensive. Um, it's, again, not something that I had ever thought about, and that doesn't make it any less offensive or worth talking about. So I just find my, I think of myself as very fortunate that my audience brings this stuff to my attention because I think that it just makes me uh, a more conscious and thoughtful person, and that's what I want to do. Good. I'm glad to hear it. That's that is that is the right response. Thank you. You did you did well. So I think that's about it for today. Mm -hmm. This was fun. As do you I enjoyed our bouge off. Yeah, I mean I wanna hear from the audience. Um, you know, I 
I'm okay with acknowledging that I do have bouge tendencies and I'm never going to turn my back on the bouge, but I just think it's important for Patrick to embrace and acknowledge and accept the bouge into his life. Okay. What, the audience to weigh in on that? Yeah, just okay. let us well, know. Well, here's what I want the audience to weigh in on. Mm-hmm. I want them to, to weigh in on whether or not they think that you're just trying to co-opt me into your bougie lifestyle so that you don't have to have that mirror held up to you mm. so that you have to see your own bouginess staring back in your face. And I think I think that's what's happening here. I think you want me to be bougie because that will effectively silence my commentary on your bouginess. And I don't think that'll be no, I'm, good I, for you. I just think I, it's not that I want you you to be silenced. I just don't think it's <laughs> I just don't it's think it's not. fair for you to throw it in my face when you are also bougie. I'm not bougie. You have bougie tendencies. I have no. That's what I'm saying. It's I not. Am, I'm as not. Somebody put it bougie adjacent. Bu, don't say bougie. Say bouge. We but, say we say bouge. Words mean things. Right. And in this podcast, bougie, bouge adjacent. I am. I am just somebody who knows somebody who happens to be bougie. Okay. Well, audience, please let us know what you think. And actually, tell us about some of your proudest and not-so-proudest bouge moments on Twitter using the hashtag LastNameBasis. Or you can tweet us individually at Cheska Lee. At Ty Optional. We would love to hear from you. Last Name Basis is hosted and produced by Francesca Ramsey and Patrick Condis. Our executive producer is Sasha Mathias, and our associate producer is Emily Bogosian. Our audio engineer is Onel Moulet. Our videographer is Curtis Boone. And our show is recorded at Brick House in downtown Brooklyn. For more information, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio. Ask me to help you get rich. Been on top and I ain't going nowhere, ho. It was long, yeah, yeah. I never know how to read that out loud. Ho. Yeah, it sounds weird when you do that.